0: Hi, everyone. Alright, so... This summer, I don't know, it's just really, really hot outside. It's like, whenever I go outside, I have to literally take at least two or three bottles of water to drink. I don't know what country you are in, what state you are in, but it is hot in here. However, I am happy to be alive because, you know, um... 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 has brought a lot of things into this world. You know, uh, some people have really not been able to see this this current year. So with every circumstance, with every weather that we experience, we have to find the blessing in that weather. You know, if it's cold outside, or if it's hot outside, or if it's rainy and stormy, Whatever it is, just the fact that you can breathe, the fact that you're alive, that is a blessing. Even the fact that we are alive to be able to like experience the hotness of the weather, that is a blessing. And so I hope today you are finding a blessing in every circumstance, that you're finding a blessing in the day-to-day that you have to um, live in this world um, and just enjoy what God is giving you in this moment, you know, even if you don't like it, even if it's not pleasant, right? You still have to find a blessing in it. So welcome to Devoted with Bernice. Um, we've been talking about the series, the series of perversion for a long time, a very, very long time. I don't even remember when we started, (laughs) but I hope that it's blessing you. Um, I'm going to take a little detour and talk about Mark five, uh, you know, when you are a person who preaches and teaches the word of God, there are times where God will tell you about a certain passage when you read it in the word of God. And it's like he gives you this boldness to like preach it or like teach it, you know? And I kid you not, when I when God led me to read um, Mark 5, basically read the book of Mark, I started from Mark 1 and then I got to Mark 5 and I just had this like revelation, just This moment of just boldness to preach about Mark 5. And um, I didn't didn't preach about Mark 5. I made notes. I wrote some notes down. But I did not preach Mark 5 when I had that that, that grace on me to preach it. And so um, today I'm going to preach it. When you have the grace to preach something or to release a word or to release uh, a sermon... It's different from when you don't have the grace or when you don't feel the boldness to do it, you know. If you're a preacher, you understand what I'm saying. But anyway, today we're going to look at Mark 5. And I was driving and I was asking, well, I was communing with the Lord. I was conversa- conversating with Him. And He put in my heart the title of this message, Kick Em Out. Kick, kick them out. Kick them out, but it's not them. It's Em. Um, kick, kick Em Out. So kick and then em kick them out is the title of the message, and I never give my messages titles. So this is like the first time I've ever had to give a message a title. Kick them out is the title of this message. Um, there's a lot that God wants on park on park in this message. So let's go into prayer because I I need vocabulary today. <laughs> All right, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that has happened over our lives. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it. We just say thank you. Thank you for letting us be able to live today. Letting us be able to engulf the day that you have. Indeed, it is the day that you've made. Every one of those days, you made it. And we just say thank you for allowing us to be alive today, for allowing us to experience the things that we're experiencing. some people love what your are experiencing in the season. Some people don't. However, help us to see the blessing in the experiences that you allow us and you grace us and you bless us to have. Um, as we come to look at kick-em-out sermon that you have for me, I just pray the Lord you would give me back that... Um, That boldness, that that might, that revelation, that uh, anointing to preach this Mark 5 um, sermon. I ask that you open your word to us, revelation, to flow in this moment, God. I yield my body, my mind, my spirit, my soul, all of me, Father. I yield it to you, Adonai. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. Let everything that you want to say come out of my mouth, how you want to say it, God. And I pray for those that are listening at this moment that, God, you will even open up more revelation to them. Let them be able to get what you're saying, comprehend what you're saying, help them to be able to um implement what you're saying in their lives and also in my life as well. And so we thank you and we bless your holy name. Let your will be done today. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. And all the children of God and all the saints, and eats, (laughs) and everybody says, Amen. So we've had prayer, um, and then I played a song, Covenant-Keeping God, um, by Enwa Music, or Worship. Um, So I just want to share what God is revealing to me in this moment. You know, as a person who's really prophetic and live in the spirit, as much as I'm able to, because, you know, we know in parts and we prophesy in parts, right? Um, God literally was talking to me about praying for New York before the incident happened in New York, you know, with the shooting. And also, he was talking to me about, like, children's food. There is somebody in this world somewhere, I believe in Virginia or in... Yeah, in Virginia. That is supposed to create children's food from scratch. Like you have an anointing to create kids' children's food, baby food. I remember the Lord taking me to, well, I was in the market, in the store. And he took me to the uh, the, baby, the baby place, like the baby section. And I went and stood there. This was months ago, before all these, you know, uh, SRLACs kids food issue and i was looking at the baby food and i took it in my hand and i was holding it and you know i don't have (coughs) excuse me i don't have kids yet you know in the future god will bless me with kids but uh with children but he took me there and i was holding this baby food and it was like i was supposed to prophesy you know i was supposed to pray and I was trying to get like the revelation of why God has me standing here in this baby aisle holding these baby foods. And I believe that the Lord was saying that somebody in this world, I'm am getting Virginia, is supposed to create baby food from scratch. Like you have a grace, an anointing to know how to create kids' food. You know, and the Lord wants you to do it. Don't be hesitant. And then California, there's somebody else also in California. California and Virginia. Both of you, you guys have that anointing to do that. And so I just pray that God will minister to you, that the Holy Spirit will minister to you, that uh, you will find the bonus that you need and the resources that you need to be able to do this. Um, I did not release this, you know, but sometimes God, when you seek the Lord, most all the time, when you seek the Lord and why He has you doing what He has you doing, or why you're standing here, or why you're supposed to go here or there, He will give you revelation the more you seek Him for it, you know. Um, Joseph said, doesn't dream interpretation, you know, belongs to the Lord? The same with the things that He, t- he tells us to do. Doesn't it, doesn't the clarity of it, doesn't the interpretation of why you're doing what you're doing belong to the Lord? And then, um, gas prices. I remember in March, I had a vision of, I saw a vision of, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, a gas station, and I saw the gas station price, and at that time, our gas was like going down, you know, the prices was going down, it, to, it, it went up a little bit, and then it went down, right, it was like $3 and something cents, and I saw a vision of gas prices being like $5 and over. And then when I saw it, I went out to buy gas as I normally do. And then I saw that gas prices was going down. Like the prices was going down. It wasn't rising up anymore. And I was like, oh, that's good. Father, thank you, you know, that we're not having gas prices go up. What the Lord was telling me was like, Bernice, it's important that we, we all save money on the side to buy gas when the gas prices go up. And this is like something that I just, you know, kept to myself. And I didn't really say anything about it. And then come May, all these gas prices are like going up again. You know, I'm, I'm learning and differentiating moments to release these words that God is telling me because I believe it wasn't just for me. It was for everybody else as well. And so I just pray that God would give me grace to know, to release it, that, you know, that Conviction, Hey, release this now, you know. Um, so I just pray for that more. And also pray for you as well, you know, as a person who's, who's a child of God. Because God can talk to anybody. He can, he, if he talks to a donkey, he can talk to anyone, okay. So uh, be, be open. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, prophet, an uh, evangelist, you know, to be for God to use you to speak to his people. So, I believe that this is a season that God wants us to yield even deeper. You know there's a level of yielding that we need to go and increase in yielding so that we can be able to be so sensitive in the spirit that that we don't need to um do much to know that God is saying this is a noun word right so or even a universal global word right and so, with that being said, I want to release some words that God has been sharing with me. Because I believe that it's not just for me, you know. Uh so one of the words that God was sharing with me was um this this uh, I think it was two days ago. He was I was as I was praying and worshiping God was talking to me about walking in the spirit. You know, the Bible says that walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, right? I believe that we are in a season where a lot of perversive things are happening people are very seducing in how even they dress how things are even the the media right Uh, glorifying uh, perversion and god is saying sons and daughters listen to the lord walk in the spirit and you will not glorify the flesh if you hear any barking it's dogs where I live, there's uh, people love dogs, and people walk their dogs around here. So let's not pay attention to the dogs. Ephesians, you know, and I was asking God, how do we walk in the spirit and not gratify the flesh? And, you know, most people would say pray. It's important to pray, worship, read your word, meditate on the word, you know, so that you have a renewed mind. But God, I was like, I kept asking the Lord, I want to know. The, the 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 mystery to walk in, in the spirit what is it what is where does it start where does it begin the lord was taking me to ephesians six ten to 18. and ephesians talk about how we are to put on the full armor of the lord that's where it begins right we have to put on the full armor of the lord because if you are not putting on the full armor of the lord then you are not really dressed for battle you're not really dressed to walk in the spirit to begin with and I will, I you know, uh, um, I will say this. There are many times where I will have a, a, a weird, you know, when you're you're just sitting there and this weird thought just coming to your mind, or just this this you know emotion or this this thinking. You are just like, whoa, where did I, wh- What? Where did this come from? And that's the enemy, because the enemy likes to bring things into our mind. That's the where that's where the battlefield is, right? And so in order for you to be able to conquer the enemy, you have to be able to be armored up. And God is saying, sons and daughters, walk in the spirit by arming up with Ephesians six, ten to 18. We have to, with, with the coming things that are happening in, in society, and in media, just try to put fear in people and all of that. The way we can armor up is Ephesians 6. There are times where, you know, like I was saying, I'll have a thought or something. I'll feel a certain thing. And I'm like, Lord, what is this coming from? And so immediately I'll stop praying. And then I'll stop praying in tongues. Or I'm like, okay, let me put on my full armor of God. Because I feel like I have not put it on today. And I never leave the house without putting on my full armor. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the belt of truth. I put on the shoes of peace. In the name of Jesus, I put on my shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. I put on my, my shield of faith. I put on my, um, my sword, which is your word. And then when I do that, there's this peace that come over me. And then there's this, like, what I was feeling or what I was thinking about, literally, like, leave. And sometimes i have to, like, say, get thee behind me, Satan. The Lord rebukes you in the name of Jesus. So God is saying that we have to use our weapons to be able to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians six ten. Let's read it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, my God, I love that word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know, there's there's a spirit of might that can come over somebody. You know, when you're praying. And the spirit of might just come over you and you just start praying even deeper and praying more in tongues and just warring the spirit. That is, that, that, that is the spirit of might that God is talking about. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh my God. That's what God is saying that, you know, to be able to not gratify your flesh, which is which is what the enemy's, you know, d- devices, right? We have to what put on the armor of God so we can stand against it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, this very age. There are principalities, there are powers in regions and cities and communities, against even in family, against the rulers of darkness in this age. Not in the past age, not in the coming age, but in this age, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And that's talking about, that's talking about a second heaven where uh, angels and demons are fighting and warring on our behalf. You know, remember the book of Daniel when um, the principality, the prince of Persia, the angels and and the prince of Persia were fighting, right? Uh, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Therefore, take it up. You have to take it up that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, that's what God is saying, that we have to walk in the Spirit. Because when we are walking in the Spirit, we can be able to withstand the evil days, which is currently happening, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because you need peace to go out there, right? You need peace, especially during the time that people were hoarding, you know, toilet paper, you, you need a piece to go to the marketplace. So you, you don't fight over food, right? Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is a very important uh, shield. Shield of faith. You have to have faith. Shield of faith. can coins the enemy's assignment. You know, when the enemy comes and try to Discourage you when the news and media come and discourage you. Guess what? You put up your shield of faith to quench that fiery doubts of that enemy. And it says what? Take the helmet of salvation. That's so important. Guard your mind. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you have to guard your mind with the word of God. And I believe that it says you take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is also the word of God and the sword of the spirit, which is also the word of God. Talking about the helmet of salvation, guarding your mind, renewing your mind with the word of God, right? Each and every day. Praying always, oh my God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. In the spirit. You have to speak in tongues. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. I'm not saying go up to people and just that. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> we don't want to scare people, right? Because <laughs> we don't know where their spiritual strength is, right? Or even their sources. We don't know who they're Christian. The Bible says that we have to pray in tongues, but do not go out there, you know, um, being weird with it, right? Because praying in tongues is something that is powerful. But you have to know when to do that. The Holy Spirit will tell you when, right? And it's not for sure. Like, you don't pray in tongues. Oh, look at me, I can pray in tongues. And you can't. No, 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 no. That's not how it is. Sometimes the spirit of might, the power of his might come upon you. And you just start praying in tongues. So, right now... It's important that we remember what the Word of God says. It's important to pray in tongues. Being watchful to this end. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Right? Praying in the Spirit. praying in the spirit so have you been putting on your full armor because for us to be able to walk in the spirit we have to put on our armor and we have to pray in the spirit that's what the bible says you have to pray in the spirit and walk in the spirit so if you're not filled with the holy spirit just this moment i just want you to just welcome the holy spirit holy spirit we welcome you here in this moment Even those that have been filled, I just ask that you will fill it. The Bible says that, you know, if we ask, we will receive. If we knock, the door will be open. God is not a God that want to hold the Holy Spirit from us. He wants us to have it. So I want you to just open your heart to the Lord and say, God, according to Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 i'm supposed to walk in the spirit i'm supposed to put on the full armor and one thing i'm missing is being able to pray in the spirit and so i just ask you lord give me the holy spirit just as you gave to the disciples in the upper room give me the holy spirit so just just stretch out your hands to heaven and just ask the lord holy spirit please fill me just ask god god fill me with your holy spirit fill me with your oil Right now, it's all by faith. Just say, God, I receive the Holy Spirit right now. And if you're somebody who has the Holy Spirit, but you just want to be more filled, you know, more of infilling of the Holy Spirit, just stretch out, stretch out your hands up to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to fill me. Every place in me that, that is lacking the Holy Spirit, please fill it in the name of Jesus. Please fill it, Lord. Please fill it. Receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Ooh, Jesus. So that's one thing that the Lord is saying, that sons and daughters walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the the desires of the flesh. You can literally put on the full armor like how you put on clothes. Say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on, you know, the belt of truth. I put on the shoes of peace. In the name of Jesus, I put on the shirt of faith to coins every fiery dot of the enemy. I you know, I pick up my sword, which is your word. So you can literally do that every single day. And what God is saying also is um He is giving wisdom in this season. You know, wisdom is the principal thing, you know that get and get understanding, right? And God is releasing mysteries. Of Proverbs which is wisdom written by you know Solomon to he's given it to leaders in the world it's you know the Bible says that it rains on the on the just and unjust right the rain come on the just and unjust so God is giving releasing wisdom through Proverbs but he's starting it with his church those the leaders that are in the church so if you're a leader in the church literally open the book of you know Proverbs um there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, right? Sometimes there are 31 days in in the month. Sometimes there are 28 days in the month. Sometimes there are 30 days in a month. So it's good to like just every day, whatever day it is. Today's uh May 20th. Open, you know, Proverbs 20th. It's Proverbs 20 and read it. What is God saying in there, you know, for you? Um and, that, and what god is saying is that they're going to be songs of wisdom that will emerge people will sing proverbs people will sing wisdom uh music w- wisdom lyrics lyrics that have wisdom in it uh and mental health it's a mental health awareness month i didn't even know that until today and this word was given to me three days ago it's mer- mental health uh month um and Proverbs is something that can really help people who have depression, anxiety. Proverbs talks about a lot of you know, purity, a lot of righteous thinking, um, It has a lot of wisdom and a, a lot of good things in there to help you uh, to be able to live right. right? And I believe that you know, the Bible when you read a Bible, you will get deliverance. Deliverance is in the word. Literally, if you start reading a word you will get those aha moments, like revelation that is called rhema, rhema words. Words that, that you need right now that can just, like, give you that revelation that you need or just give you that confidence and that peace that you need. Look, there's a lot of rhema words in, in, in Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs. So um, look in the book of Proverbs and let the Lord lead you and guide you, okay? And then one more thing is... Um, Couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, I would say a couple weeks ago, there was this girl that I met. You know, when I meet people, strangers, um, the Lord speaks. You know, uh, you don't just meet people just to meet people. There, there were there are reasons why you meet people. I remember yesterday, God told me to read uh, Jeremiah thirty, uh, the promise of deliverance uh, for Israel, and as I read it. You know, the one that stuck stick out to me was, you know, when God was telling Jeremiah to write down everything that He tells him to write down. This he's going to do for, you know, His people. And then I go to a restaurant to get food, and the the server, the employee there, his name is Jeremiah, and I was like, "Your name is Jeremiah?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "You know, Jeremiah is in the Bible, right?" He's like, "Yeah, he knows." I'm like, have you read it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you better read it. (laughs) I'm like, you better read it. I'm going to come and beat you. I'm joking. I wasn't going to beat him. But um, I was like, Lord, you know, God has a sense of humor. He does. So I was just laughing to myself. Like, you, you told me to read Jeremiah 30, and then I see somebody whose name is Jeremiah. Like, the first time I come out of my home and I go out there, the first person I meet is Jeremiah. Can you believe that? There is no coincidences. It's all divine, divine alignment that God has, and so, um, what God is saying to me when I met this specific woman, young girl, um, when I when she was coming, I saw an ivy on her nose, coming from her nose, and I started praying in tongues, you know, and as I was praying in tongues, I I, I got closer to her and i looked at her again and there was no ivy in her nose nothing not not an ivy in sight and that was what god was telling me that you know um to pray for those concerning covid concerning the next wave concerning what is to come that we are to pray for 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 people for the hospitals you know for for supplies for for this next season that is coming because Um, there's a lot, a lot that the enemy wants to do. There's a lot that is coming. And we as a church, to walk in the Spirit, to know that God is a God that will cause deliverance to happen for us. And we are to be watchful and see what God is saying and pray. So it's important that we really go closer to the Lord. We really get closer to the Lord because... We are sheep, not goats. Okay, we are sheep, not goats. It says in Matthew twenty-five, thirty-two to thirty-three. It says, "And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left." The difference between a goat and a sheep is this: the the sheep follows the shepherd. Okay, the the sheep knows it's shepherd and trust that the shepherd will give it food, water, safety. Okay, so whenever the the sheep leaves the flock, try and find its way back. If it it cannot, the shepherd will go after the, the sheep and get it back. But a goat doesn't follow anyone. Have you ever seen a herd of goats? They do what they want. They go where they want. They don't follow anyone. Instead, the goats go around finding wherever he wants to go, doing whatever he wants to do or, you know, or she wants to do. But a, a group of sheep, they stick together. The goats, they go anywhere they want. And then they can step into danger. They don't have any, any shepherd. How, how do I know about goats and sheep? Because I've had, I have had goats before when I was little. We had goats. And I, I studied them. I look at how they are, how they behave. They behave differently than, you know, sheeps. So in this season, you have to really walk in the spirit. Use wisdom. It's important that we do that, that we seek wisdom from the Lord because he's given it says anybody who likes wisdom ask, and he will give it to you so lord we ask for wisdom today right now wherever we are lacking wisdom in our lives give it to us give us what we need to read what we need to listen to so that we have the wisdom that we need to be able to walk in the spirit do what you call us to do not be distracted not be lazy not be ungrateful not be um, um pure, impure not impure <laughs> but be righteous holy acceptable in your sight help us lord in the name of Jesus i do pray amen all right so we're going to listen to this song and after that we're going to uh, look in mark 5 so get your bibles and your pens we're going to stick into mark 5 i'm going to i want to talk about mark 5 21 to 43 first then i'll talk about mark 5 1 to 20 because mark 5 1 to 20 is about deliverance well the whole mark is about deliverance but the 21 to 43 is about healing and i want to talk about healing first before i talk about deliverance because you know me, when I start talking about deliverance, everything will be about deliverance. <laughs> so let's talk about healing first, okay? So let's listen to this song, and afterwards, we'll come back and talk about Mark 5, 21 to 43. Pour out on
1: us Won't you pour out on us Won't you pour out on us Won't you pour out on us? Won't you pour out on us? Won't you pour out on us? Say it. Won't you pour out on us? Oh God. Won't you pour out on us? That's what we want. Won't you pour out on us? Oh. Won't you, aus- you pour out on us? Won't you pour out on us? Pour your oil on us. Walk Won't you pour out on us? Pour your oil on us. your oil on us. Won't you pour out on us? Won't you pour on us? Pour your yes, oil on us. your oil on us. Won't you pour out on us? Won't you pour out on us? Say pour your oil on us. But won't you pour out on us? Won't you pour your <laughs> oil on us. For your oil on us. Won't you pour out on us? Pour your oil on us. Pour your oil on us. Won't you pour out on us? Pour your oil on us. Pour your
2: oil
1: on us. Won't you pour out on us?
0: Look at Mark 5. Um, this is Jesus basically going to restore a life of a little girl. And doing his way there, he gets um, interrupted. He gets interrupted to speak. He gets interrupted to speak to a a woman with an issue of blood. Now, he did not, she was not seeking for him to speak to her. She was not even seeking for him to see her to begin with. All she wanted to do was to touch his garment, the hem of his garment, and to be unseen. Because this woman has been seen by everybody as having an issue. The only thing she wanted to do was... Not for Jesus to see her, but she wanted to just touch his hand. But Jesus saw her and spoke to her. And him speaking to her, I believe, was a moment of her being seen for who she is. Not for what she is. Not for what she is as a woman with an issue of blood, but as a woman. So let's look at that. Um... Mark 5, 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. Uh, For this little passage here, we see that Jesus crossed over. um, And when he got to this specific place, Everywhere he went, he had um, multitude of people following him. Everywhere he went, he had people following him because of the miracles, signs, and wonders that he was performing, and his 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 way of of teaching the word of God was, you know, as as they said, it it was somebody who had authority and power, right? He he taught differently than the those in the synagogue. He taught differently than the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees. He taught with, as though somebody who had authority because he had, because he was the word in flesh, right? The real thing has had embraced the world at that time. 22, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. So Jairus, who is one of the rulers in the synagogue, came to Jesus, and he said, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live this is a very important part here that deliverance well healing comes from the hands healing comes from God yes but there has to be a touch an encounter that comes for healing to happen um, majority of people who are called to healing, they heal with your hands. He said, lay your hands on her. Um, people who you know, who are healers, you know, forefathers, um, generals like Catherine, Catherine Kuhlman, you know, Benny, uh, Benny Hinn, um Kenneth Coleman, I think that's his name. I forgot his last name but he all of them when they healed they touch with your hands because healing is the children's bread right and the hands is what God uses to heal people there's nothing in our hands but it has to be a touch like the woman who touched the hem of his garment she had to touch him to get. There has to be an encounter. Do you understand? It has to be an encounter. Yes, there are times where you can speak healing and it happens. Because you are somebody who walks so much in the spirit. Or you are somebody who who had, who is a general in the realm of the spirit. That you don't have to touch. I, I have prayed, you know. And I did not have to touch somebody. And I just speak healing to the person. And they've they've been healed. Because the Holy Spirit does heal too. But there are certain circumstances that touch has to happen for healing to happen. You know, for example, Jesus um, speaking, saying, um, Lazarus, come forth. Ooh, Lord. Sorry about that noise. Lazarus, come forth. Right? There had to be deliverance that happened because Lazarus was dead. Deliverance... And healing had to happen at the same time for Lazarus to be able to come up out of death. That's miracle. Miracle is the combination of deliverance and healing happening at the same time. Right? And so don't ever think that your hands are not important for God to use. People who have the gift of healing, they normally, they sometimes feel fire. They, f- they feel hotness in their hands when you feel like your hands is burning like you feel like your hands are hot it, sometimes it means that the Lord has given you grace to heal somebody to lay hands and heal the person um, some people feel a tingling in their hands some people feel a uh, cool sensation on their hands some, some people feel hot your, your hands getting hot okay that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the Lord telling you, it's, it, you know, it's time to heal that person. Because the Bible says that we are not to lay our hands just on anybody, right? Be careful in the laying of hands, right? Um, side note, this message has been interrupted so much. Like when I was trying to do this message, to preach about this message, my internet was not working for this song to be playing in the background. I was trying to start this new episode it was not starting and now there's truck making a lot of noise please know that god is trying to say something to somebody with this message because oh jesus all right back to the message so healing is in your hands you you are not healing It's the holy spirit within you that's healing right laying of hands is healing even when um, one of the disciples, his shadow, right, did miracles. The handkerchief did miracles. It, there, there, there is an encounter that happens when we are able to um, allow the Lord to, to do what he wants to do. And I'm going to say this. I remember one time I was at a, uh, a young adult event many, I think three years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. And when I was there, there was a girl in a wheelchair. And the Lord told me, Bernice, I want you to heal her. And at that time, my faith was not great. But God was trying to use me so miraculously. Well, God wanted to use me, was starting to use me miraculously. And he told me, Bernice, I want you to lay your hand on her her knee. Just put your hand on her knee. Y'all, I did everything by putting my hand on her knee. I got, I got uh, anointing oil. I touched her shoulder. I walked around and prayed. God was like, I don't want you to do all of that. I want you to encounter her, my God. I want you to meet her where she's at with your hands. I want an encounter because I want to release healing into this girl. So I remember I didn't do any of that. She did not get up and walk. So I remember I went to my apostle. I was in prophetic school at that time. And I was telling my apostle about it. And she was looking at me like, Bernice, the Lord wanted to do a miracle in that room. All you needed to do was touch that girl. And that was it. And I didn't touch her because I I was fearful. I wasn't, you know, I had, a, I had faith, I had faith, but my faith, I, 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 my faith at that time was not huge. And that's the thing I'm trying to say is that God does not need all of your faith. He just needs a little bit of your faith. Just, just obey. He just needs your obedience. All I had to do was obey, just to t- touch that girl, just to touch her knees, that's all I needed to do was just to touch her. And the rest would be God. Because it wasn't me that was going to do anything. It's never me. Even preaching right now, it's not me that's doing it. It's God. Every preacher, every teacher, every, every minister, we don't do anything apart from the Lord. It has to be God that has to do it. Or, or it's not going to be done. Right? And so there has to be an encounter. So the, so the man said, lay your hand on her that she may be healed and she will live. Twenty four. So jesus jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and throned him jesus did not hesitate he was like okay let's go that's the thing hesitation can cause doubt when god says do something and you don't do it Especially when he is giving you an, a moment, an opportune time to, to activate you in, the, in, in miracles. So to activate you in preaching or ministering or encouraging somebody or even to be used for his glory at a certain moment. You know, there are certain times when you walk in the spirit, there are certain times that it's like an opportune time. God has given you like an opportune time with somebody that you meet when you try and go pick up a food or somebody that you meet at the gas station or somebody that you meet. You know, when you're walking or driving or even at the traffic light. Like, God gives opportune times. You just have to recognize it, you know. And so, Jesus was like, this is this is an opportune time. Yes, let's go. And the multitude followed him. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. This, this is the woman with the issue of blood. She did not have a name. Have you realized that a lot, a lot of the people who have issues, like, you know, the adulterous woman, who was caught in, in adultery you know the woman at the well they never had names all the outcasts all those that pe- people do not want to talk to or converse with they did not have a name they were they were given the name that was your issue you know you might be somebody like oh like um somebody might give you a name like oh you you are the the, the single woman you know the, the 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 single mother like people are calling you by by your issue or by what, what they see as an issue and so for 12 years she's been bleeding my god i mean think about it for 12 years you're having your period for 12 years that's a long time as a woman to have your period for 12 years or if you are somebody who had you know um a c-section or a miscarriage you know you you do bleed afterwards 12 years that's a long time 26, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. This woman suffered a lot. There is suffering with that. I mean, for your body to be causing all that pain. And she did not just sit around. She was seeking everything in the world to help her. She was trying to find a doctor, trying to find a cure. She spent all the money that she had. To try and and, and resolve that issue. But that issue was not able to be resolved. By money or by physicians. And people who always say. You know science have all the answers. This is why I'm telling you. Science does not have all the answers. Yes there is grace for science. God has given wisdom to scientists. and, And you know doctors. But there are certain things that. Cannot cross over. You know there are certain things that. You need your mind to go beyond science. You know, there are certain um, things that God has graced science to be able to do. I know the medical field. You know, I've published a lot of articles to help the medical field. And I've sat in, in, in a lot of um, conferences, you know, medical conferences with people from Yale, Harvard, Hopkins, Ivy League schools and hospitals that would come and present. And every time, like I remember vividly, there was a specific um, mental illness. I think it was bipolar or something like that. That was being presented by somebody from Harvard. And we were all sitting there listening. And as I was sitting down, you know, amongst all these amazing, smart, intelligent, um, well-known Doctors. The doctor was talking about this specific project that they were doing to try and find the reason why this happens or that happens with a specific disease or diagnosis. And what they realized in the study was that they found the manifestation of that specific disorder. But they don't know when that disorder started. They don't know when it 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 it, it, it came into play. They don't know when it the, the person started to have it. But all they realized that they the person was behaving this way, because what they wanted to do was they wanted to find a um a way to give the medication. Oh yeah, it wasn't bipolar. It was Alzheimer's. It was it was Alzheimer's dementia. They wanted to find. They wanted to find. Um, a, a starting point as to how and when exactly this thing started so that they can target it. Because if they target it, then that means that in the coming days, in the coming future, it will not be that excessive or it will not mature into a worse type of dementia or Alzheimer's. And that's, and and you know, they, they, they couldn't put words to it. They didn't know how to explain it. And I was sitting there. It's like, this is where science ends. This is where, like how the woman, you know, spent all her money, went through to physician to physician. This is where science ends. And this is where the Bible begins. This is where Christianity begins. This is where religion, not religiosity, but religion begins. This is where understanding how spirit work i think you know dementia all time is it's not it's not something that's natural that's a that's a spirit because a spirit that comes to something that comes to steal your memories that comes to um take away your thoughts and memories and who you are and who other people are that is not god that is a spirit and you can literally cast that spirit out you can command that spirit to come out and so i was sitting there like Oh my gosh, this is where science ends. This is where science stops and God takes over. This is where science ends. And God takes over. So I was like looking at all of the science and it was beautiful. Everything was important. Everything that they found Was important. Everything that he found was important. But. The next season. The next step. Was supposed to be. What God. Wanted to do. In revealing what it is. That was happening there. That. This is not just a normal thing. This is a spiritual thing. This is you know, a demon. This is something that we need to cast out. Right? This, the, 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 the school of demon, demonology basically learning about how demons work. And so this woman had an issue of blood for twelve years. She went to every doctor, everyone. And that's what God is trying to say is that, you know, when you have an issue, when you have an illness and you go to all the doctors, all the physicians, or spend all your money taking all the medications and it's not working you gotta look to the lord gotta find out the source i would say 90 percent of the time it's a spirit that doesn't want to leave and you gotta go through deliverance and healing and command that thing to come out so this woman went through everything i mean you know the revelation that i'm talking about here it's not in the word of God that she didn't have a demon. It didn't say she had a demon, but this is something that the Lord did to heal her. This is this was a a bondage that she had. Okay. Twelve years you've been bleeding, blood coming out of you for twelve years. That that's not that's not normal. And that's not scientific either, because no physician, no physician could help her. 20, 27 When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. All she wanted to do was to touch his garment. Everybody was around him, but nobody was that desperate to touch for healing or for financial breakthrough or for, you know, um, deliverance or for peace of mind. Many of the people that were following him, they had issues. They had things that they wanted to work out, like how we are. Everybody have an issue, something that we, I do, I have an issue. Everybody have something that they want God to work out for them. But we see here this woman was desperate and that's what God is saying that, you know, with all the people that are following him, that are calling themselves his children. Are you one of those that are desperate to encounter him for a breakthrough, for a shift, for 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 a new season, for, for things to work out in your life? Because you've spent all your money. You've done all the things you can do. You've gone here. You've gone there. Can you... Stand still and just look to the Lord, who is your helper. So, if only I may touch His clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dra- dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. The fountain—that's what it, it's described as. I want us to focus on immediately when immediately when she touched. Him, immediately, it wasn't like, you know, two years ago, or two years later, or five hours later, or when Jesus turned around and looked at her, that's when she got, no, 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 immediately, I think, you know, the Bible, in Mark, in the book of Mark, when I, when I was reading it, from Mark 1 to Mark 5, I found the word immediately a lot in the book of Mark, Immediately, immediately, I kept underlining it. I was like, wow, God, there's a lot of the word immediately in this word. Because that's what healing is supposed to do. There has to be an immediate change. There has to be an immediate exchange. There has to be an immediate encounter, immediate exposure of what it is that God is trying to do. It has to be immediate. Yes, there are gradual healing, but the, imme- the immediateness of gradual healing is that it starts immediately, and it gradually heals over time. There are different type of you know healing, so if you're somebody who is called to healing, you should really um, study the different type of healings. So, we see here immediately the fountain. It was a fountain for 12 years. This fountain has been, it's like, think about what I'm seeing right now is um, a, a, um, a sink with, you know, the, the handle being open and water coming out. But instead of water, it's blood. That's a fountain of blood. You just, she had to eat a little protein to maintain that blood loss. But the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She felt in her body that she was healed. When you are called to healing and you heal somebody, or even if you heal yourself, when you are called to healing, you should be able to heal yourself. If you get a headache or if you feel uncomfortable or you feel pain, you should be able to lay hands on yourself and heal yourself. That's one of the ways that God starts to use you as a healer. He starts to heal you. He starts to use you to heal you. Okay? Okay? Sometimes he will intentionally cause something to feel pain and help you heal yourself. He's teaching you with your own self. I remember one of my, um, one of the people, one of the, um, I'm not going to say, but anyway, somebody that I, I was around. And she was, I think she was like, what, 12, 12 years of age. And she was having pain in her hand. And this girl, she was sitting there with me. We were playing a little game on a board. And she was like, ow, ow. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, her hands. I'm like, what happened? She said she knocked it. And it hurts. It's been hurting since. And so I'm sitting here like, okay, Lord. I don't want to spook her out. (laughs) Because she's 12. She doesn't really understand what healing is all about. And so the Lord was like, Bernice, I've given you an opportune time to heal this girl. So I I, I spoke healing to her. I said, you know, I said, we can pray about it, right? And she's like, yeah. So I prayed. I'm like, Lord, please heal her in Jesus' name. Nothing happened. Because God was trying to tell me to lay hands. He wanted an, an encounter to heal this girl. So I prayed. I'm like, Lord, heal her. And she was like, okay. Then I laid my hand on her because she kept saying, ow. And that was the Lord telling me, you need to heal her. So I laid my hand on her, and I spoke healing over her. I prayed healing over her. And then as as I took my hand off, she's like, it's starting to heal. I'm starting to feel it. It's, It's getting better immediately. And I was like, praise God right he's like I, I i it's it's getting better she was really shocked and over time it was a gradual healing for her over time it got better so when god says immediately he means immediately when healing happens there has to be an immediately immediately something has to start kicking in the in the body of the person the person has to start to feel something different I didn't think this was going to be a healing teaching, but I guess it is. Um, The person has to say something like, yeah, I I, I feel like it's getting better. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. So she was saying it's getting better. The woman felt in her body. There has to be a change that happens. The word of God, the divine might of the Lord has to come in connection with the body. The divine healing of God has to to recalibrate that person's body it has, it has to respond the person's body has to respond to the to the miracle that's happening to the to the healing power of Jesus Christ okay thirty and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him this is very 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 divine moment here if you're somebody that carries glory and i'm not saying this in a boastful way at all if you're somebody that carries glory okay and to carry glory you have to be submitted at the feet of jesus for years it doesn't it doesn't just come you know this is not simeon the sorcerer no 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 this is peter paul Okay, you had to go through the fire. When you carry glory and you feel the fire in your hands and you place your hand on somebody or somebody places your hand on you, virtue will leave you. It will leave you. You will feel it leave you. You will. It will leave you, but sometimes it will, be, it will come back. The reason why when it leaves you and it comes back Is because the person didn't want it. I have never had it come back to me before. I've had it released out of me to somebody before. But I've never felt it rejected. There are people who have said that. I remember um, an apostle that I was about to uh, be under who was going to teach me. But God was like, it's not time for that. Uh, I remember she was talking about how virtue left her, but it, it, it came back to her because the person didn't want it, and, you, and that's how God is. He, does, he will not force you to get healing if you don't want it. My God, everybody around him was following him, but nobody was touching him to get healing. You understand? Like all these people following him, wanting, wanting them to, wanting him to, 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 to heal them, they could have just tapped him and got their healing and left they didn't have to wait around for him to touch them but this woman was showing a great a great great of faith immediately he knew that power had gone out of him and turned in the crowd and said who touched my clothes this this is the this is the gift of knowledge 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 is knowing what's happening right there and the gift of knowledge is knowing what is happening that nobody knows. And of course, he knew virtue, virtue had left him, but he, he didn't know how virtue left him. The person didn't touch him, the person touched the hem of his garment. But he said, Who touched my clothes? So he knew who it was. He turned right to that person, right? But then the disciples said, but his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Everybody was touching him. Every, you know, everybody was bumping into him, but nobody was bumping into him in a way of faith to receive what they wanted. You know, when people say, How would you behave if you were in the midst of Jesus? in in the book of Mark, you know, Mark, Matthew, Acts, Luke, I would just go and touch him. I would actually, I would hug him, like I would hug him so tight in faith that everything that needs to be <laughs> imparted into me through the hug. Have you, have you ever had such an amazing hug from somebody? I think men men give the most, the best hugs, you know. But listen, hugging him. Like, Jesus, all I need to do is just hug you. That's what I would do, hug him and have dinner. (laughs) But the disciples were like, what? Like, you're in a crowd of people. Everybody's touching you. Like, what do you mean? He's like, no, 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 no. Everybody's touching me, but nobody's touching me in in the kind of faith that needs to pull out power from me, pull pull out virtue from me, like that person just did thirty two and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. He looked around. He's like I'm gonna find this person. Who is it? This is the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge you know when you are at a a meeting like a, a prophetic meeting or a prophetic um conference and then the pastor's like walking through the aisle looking for that person. Like I know who this I know who that matha is or I know That person that has this issue. I'm going to find that person. It's not them that's trying to find them. It's the Holy Spirit within them. It's it's the Lord leading them to that person. It's the gift of knowledge. That when they look at that person. You. That is Mata. I know it. Mata has not gotten up and said her name is Mata. It's the gift of knowledge. That I can look among all these people. And know exactly who needs that Jeremiah 30 word or who needs that you know Matthew thirteen thirteen word or you know who needs that Luke 19 word or who who needs a hug or who needs to be laid hands on that is the gift of faith and also the gift of uh, knowledge working into play together and so Jesus looked around and saw her 33 but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. When the, the, the power of God come on you, you will tremble. Okay? You will shake. You will have a, a, a difference. There will be a something that will, will change in you. And she came and told the truth. 34. And he said to her, Daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He called her daughter. This is the first time we see her being given a name. My God, I want to cry. This is the first time we've seen her being given a name. This is the first time. She has, been called, she has been called woman with the issue of blood, woman with the issue of blood, woman with the issue of blood. But God calls her daughter. Jesus called her daughter. The best name to be called by the Lord is sonship. It's not pastor, apostle, prophet, wisdom carrier. I don't know why I even said that. But, you know, um, evangelist. Teacher, wise one, (laughs) miracle worker, apostle to the apostles, pastor to the pastors, lead pastor, no, daughter, son, he called her daughter, he said your faith has made you well, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She came with the faith, the Lord Jesus acknowledged her as a child of God, as a daughter, not as somebody with an issue. And he pointed out that she had faith. He was telling everybody, look, she has faith and she is the one that has the worst issue here right now. Well, maybe it wasn't, but in this specific scenario, in this specific moment, she had an issue that was really Following her for years. He called her daughter and he pointed out to everybody her faith. And he gave her peace. She came with sorrow, she came with issues, she came with just, she spent all that she had seeing everybody and everybody. And she was growing worse but god said go in peace and be healed of your affliction 35 while he was still speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said your your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher any further on, her, on his way to Jairus' house, he was interrupted with the woman who had faith. This was a setup. I believe that this was a setup because... Matthew 14, 34 to 36. I want us to look at that. Matthew, Mark. Matthew is before Mark. Matthew 14. Let's look at that. I think that this was a setup because... Where they were going, they needed to have faith because they were about to go raise up a dead child. And sometimes, as as people and children of God, when God takes us through certain situations, it is to build up our faith because of where we're going to go next. We need a faith that is stronger than what we had before. All right, Matthew 14, 34. It says, Many touched him and are made well. When they had passed, um, I would say 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. And this is referencing. there. The woman or the issue of blood. But now she's called daughter who has faith and is in, in peace and healed of her affliction. So as he was going, he was approached by somebody from Jarius's house who came with a news saying, Oh, you know, uh, Jairus, yeah, your daughter was sick, but now she's dead do not even come anymore because she's already dead. So why are you troubling the teacher? Why are you trying to bring him here? And what God is saying is that what might seem dead to you and everybody should not cause you to not trouble him any further. This issue or this circumstance that might seem dead to you or is dead which 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 might be a fact that it is dead shouldn't cause you to not trouble him in prayer or in worship still trouble him still talk to him about it let's see what happens let's see how jesus handled this as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. As soon as he heard this word of doubt, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, who is the ruler of the synagogue? Jarius. He didn't say to the person who brought the, you know, he didn't say to the person who brought the bad news. He spoke to Jairus and said, do not be afraid, only believe. 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. This is such an important act on the Lord's part. Here Jesus came. On his way, he encountered somebody who had faith. He comes and encounters somebody who has doubt. What does he do? He tells those that have doubt not to follow him. He permitted only Peter, James, and John to follow him. And if you know the word of God, you know that he transformed in front of Peter, James, and John. Later on, right? In the book of Mark, Mark uh, 9 and Matthew 17, two, he transformed before them. Let's look at how jesus um met with peter james and john let's look at um matthew seventeen two. matthew is before mark this is a teaching i'm not preaching to you guys i'm teaching so we've taken things slowly okay And also, I should have preached this when I had the grace to do it. I was being disobedient. Forgive me, Lord. Okay, so now I'm being obedient. Um, Jesus transformed in front of Peter, James, and John. But I want to find out where he called them to be disciples. Oh, Lord, I know I put it somewhere. All right, uh, I don't know where it is right now. But we know that. Yeah, I know where it is. Luke five. Luke five and Matthew three eighteen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go to Matthew three eighteen. Yeah. Alright, Matthew three eighteen. Okay. Hold on. There is no. Bear with me, please. Matthew 4.18. That's what I meant. Matthew 4.18. Okay. There is no Matthew 3.18. <laughs> it only stops at Matthew 3.17. Matthew 4.18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Sim- Simeon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 19. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Immediately they did it. They did not hesitate, they did not wait. Immediately. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father mending your nets he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him these people he knew worked in faith they didn't have to stride along and say you know what Jesus let me go bury the dead i mean bury the dead you know Jesus said let the dead bury the dead he didn't they didn't say oh let me go and see You know, about my house. Let me go and water my plants and, you know, put on these outfits. No, no, no. Immediately they left. So he knew how he encountered them before. He knew Peter and James and John were people of great faith. Okay. So here he is. He's like, you know what? Y'all have doubt right now. I cannot have people who have doubt to follow me. So I'm only going to permit these ones to follow me. that's one of the things that we have to remember as children of god is that when we are in a certain season that we need faith we cannot have people who have doubt because if we have people who have doubt around us we're going to keep walking it we're not going to be able to arrive where we need to be you have to really look at the people around you are they walking in faith that the kind of faith that you need it's okay to separate yourself or, or only permit yourself to be around certain people that can help. It's, it's just like when you first become saved. You can't be around people who are not, you know, who, who are not saved or who are not doing, going the way that you want to go now. You have to come, on, come, out, of, uh, come out from among them, right? It's not, it's not that you don't like them. It's just that you know that where you're going now is different. Your season has shifted. You can bring old, old wine to this new season. And so Jesus did the right thing. He, he only permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James and John, the brothers of James. 38, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. So what it means is basically is that they, he heard cries, cries of people coming from a house. People were crying and, and basically grieving. Again, he's walking into doubt. He's walking into a place that people have given up. Jesus Jesus had to hold on to his faith. He had to be like, you know what? I have already told some doubtful people to leave, and now I'm walking into doubt? I just came from a woman who had great faith. Didn't you guys see the example that was sent to show you? No, they did not see it, Jesus. 39. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. He came in declaring faith in the room. He came in speaking faith. He came in ministering faith. He came in trying to talk some sense into them. Like, hey, hey, faith is in the room. Come on, He's, she's not dead. It's okay. Have you ever tried to like comfort somebody who wants to cry? They don't want to listen to you. They, they, they want to just be in there crying, just weeping. and You're like, you're trying to comfort them. They don't want to hear it. This is what was happening. Jesus was like, hey, um, don't cry. She's sleeping. She's not, she's not dead. This is what they do. And they re- ridicule, ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, I love Jesus in this moment. Oh, my God. This moment right here. Like, Jesus was like, look. I need to do a lot of pruning, a lot of cleansing of people who have doubt to get to this point. I'm not letting y'all stay here and be doubtful. They came up to him telling him, what are you trying to say? We we see with our eyes. Can't you see he she's dead? They were, you know, ridiculing. They were ridiculing. They were... They ridiculed him. They were talking to him like, "Uh, are you seeing what we're seeing? Like, can you see what we're seeing, Jesus? But that's the thing, though. When you walk in the spirit, when you walk in the might, when you walk in faith, you don't see how people see. You don't see how things are supposed to be seen in the natural. You see before you see. You see in the spirit before you see it in the physical. So Jesus saw there's something called divine sight. If you've read the book, The Seer by James Gall, he talks about different ways that we see. There is a paranormal vision. There's a different type of visions. There's different type of ways that you see in the spirit. There's something called divine sight. Where you see, divine sight is like this. I believe that people who have the gift of miracles have divine sight. Where you see somebody in a wheelchair, but for some reason, when you look at them, you see them walking. Like you literally see them walking. Or you see them getting out of the wheelchair. And then you look at them again, and they are sitting in the wheelchair. That is divine sight. That is the Lord showing you a message, that he, what he's about to do. People who have a gift of, no, a gift of uh, miracles have divine sight. Sometimes divine sight can work with the gift of knowledge. How it works. There are, and I'm, you know, this is going deep into the gift of knowledge. There are people who have the gift of knowledge and who are seers. When they meet somebody, they can see a Bible verse on the forehead of the person. Or they can see like a a dark cloud over the person. Or they can see an object coming out of the person. Maybe like a knife in the back of the person. I'm going to explain what all of that is. So when they see a Bible verse on the forehead of the person, that's the Lord telling them something about the person or a message that he wants to give to the person. Sometimes it's not a Bible verse. Sometimes it's a word like you you will see like addiction on the forehead of on the forehead of a person and it's it's in the realm of the spirit it's not written there or you will see like pain the word pain or the word, the word sorrow or the word confidence and that's all a way that God is speaking to you about the person as a a person who carries the gift of of um, knowledge or miracles if you see a knife. In the back of somebody, you can literally pull it out if you are if you have faith enough to do that. God, it's, it means that um, somebody has done something behind a person's back. There's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Sabotage. There's a spirit of sabotage uh, that has come against that person. There are people who have pulled a knife out of them. Like how people who are called to deliverance. I remember I was listening to a deliverance preacher come and preach one time. And he was talking about the um, yoga yoga being a, a portal for for spirit of uh, serpentine spirit python spirit to enter people and afterward he said he he, he did a, a deliverance on people and literally he had to pull spiritual snakes out of people like he saw snakes in people and he had to pull it out in the realm of the spirit out of people okay so when People who have the gift. I know this this preaching is the Lord wants to do this preaching because the amount of distraction that is coming around this place. Lord Jesus, have your way, Lord. People who have the gift, the seer gift and the gift of knowledge and miracles, they are able to see something that is not in the the natural. Jesus saw that the, the child was sleeping, but everybody was looking at it. From a place of natural. Instead of supernatural. He came to put the super on your natural. Amen. <laughs> so let's see what it happens here. So it says here. Um, Forty. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them outside. I love that. He put them outside. Jesus was not playing. He put them away from him. And only allowed James, Peter, and John to follow him. And then he turned away from the the, the person who brought the, 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 the word that the child is already dead and told him and told the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Jesus was working hard to stay in faith. He put him out. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. This right here is a teaching for Peter, James, and John. This right here, forty, uh, Mark five forty. This is a teaching for them, because Peter did the same thing when he encountered this issue in Act nine forty. This is why the disciples are sheep, because they follow Jesus. They they monitor what he was doing. They are learning as, as he's doing what he's doing. They are learning from him. Okay. This was a setup for Peter because I believe that God, Jesus knew that Peter would have to endure this type of uh, doubtless generation in the book of Acts in, in the future. And so here is Peter looking at what Jesus was doing. Every time he encountered somebody who, was, who had no faith, guess what Jesus did? He told them to leave. Okay. Let's look at the book of Acts. Acts nine forty. Acts nine forty, it says here. Let's open it. Acts nine forty. But Peter okay, let's read from um. Let's read from um hmm, Act nine. Let's go here. I don't. I don't want to read the whole thing. Let's say, all right. Act nine thirty-eight. I'll skip to you. the disciples had heard that Peter was there. And uh, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Uh, this is about Joppa. Uh, uh, Joppa uh, Peter was at Joppa. So, let's see. Um, 39. Then Peter arose and went with them. What did Jesus do? Jesus went with them. Okay. When they came with the word, like, hey, we need you. He did the same thing. Okay, let's see. Um, Then Peter arose and went with them. 39. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the windows stood by him weeping. All the widows. No, the windows weeping. (laughs) Windows don't weep. (laughs) The widows stood by him weeping. Showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them but Peter you listening this is the place but Peter they were also weeping just as they were weeping in 39 39 do you see the correlation in act 939 they were weeping when peter came in mark 539 they were weeping when jesus came okay let's see Forty, but Peter put them all out. Act nine forty, Mark five forty. But when he had put them all outside, okay, so he put them outside. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. Mark five forty, and they ridiculed, ridiculed him, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was, lying. 41, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita Kume, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. act 9 40 to 41 but peter put them all out and kneeled down and prayed and turning to the body he said tabitha arise and she opened her eyes and when he and when she saw peter she sat up little girl i say to you arise tabitha arise do you see When you are a mentor, when you are a leader, when you are somebody that God has entrusted you to lead, you have to be careful what you do around them because they are learning how to do it just like you do it. They are learning from you so that they can be able to be used by God at a time where they might need to pull that out of their hat and say, this is how Jesus did it. Let me do it that way. They might not do it exactly how you do it because we have to have have our own authentic way. But the method of it, they're learning from you. So as a leader, do not not be quick to put people aside when you're going to minister somewhere. Because when you take people to minister with you, they're learning from you. Jesus was showing Peter and James and John, but more, more so Peter Because Peter was about to do it in Mark. And we see here what happened. 42. uh, Well 41. Then he gave her his hand. And lifted her up. And when he had called the saints. And widows. He presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed on the Lord. So it was. That he stayed many days in Joppa. With Simeon. um, Atena. So we see here, immediately, uh, Mark five forty two. immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. Exactly what Jesus did. He gave her something to eat. Peter, when Tabitha arose, she had something to eat. So as leaders, when you are training the next generation, because Peter was the next generation after Jesus left, right, to carry on the legacy of Jesus. And we are the next generation of Jesus and Peter and other disciples, right, because they were to go out and make more disciples. So we, we are, that's why it's important to go back in the word of God and find out how Jesus did what he did. And how Jesus handled a situation, right? The word of God will tell you how to handle a Penina. The word of God will tell you how to handle a a Judas. The word of God will tell you, okay? How to handle a message from the Lord, even when you're sick. How to turn to the Lord and pray. Put your face on the wall and pray like the prophet did. The word of God will tell you how to be a Jeremiah and go out there and be bold. And not think you're young. The Word of God will tell you how to be an Ananias and go and open up, you know, the eyes of somebody you don't like, Paul. Well, Saul to Paul. The Word of God will tell you how to swallow your pride. The Word of God is the, is the mandate, is, is the, the, the blueprint. At that time, the Word of God was not there. Jesus was the Word of God, and they were learning from him. So why can't we learn how to handle our, our issues or how to overcome something, or how, or how to be used by God effectively. So we see here that Jesus did a miracle, a healing over this girl. And I believe that the Lord allowed this woman with the issue of blood to, to encounter him, and encounter everybody around him to show the example of faith that is needed to carry on to go and do this. Yes, he could have bypassed the woman. But this was an example this was a, a teaching moment for the disciples and for everybody in that place especially especially the disciples because they were asking him hey you know why are you actually who taught you like can't you can't you see a lot of people are here and so in every situation in every season you have to really ask yourself why can you not move next in the next season are you lacking in faith are the people around you doubtful are they saying this is dead who around you saying, do not be afraid, only believe? Like how Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, those are your people in this season. Who is your Peter, James, and John? We've talked about today about Mark 5, um, Mark five twenty one to 43 is that what I learned from the Lord here is anyone who cannot see your faith or meet you at the faith that you need to be at or at the faith that you are currently, you need to kick them out. Literally, we see it at, you know, Acts 9. Peter did the same thing. It's important to have people who meet you at your level of faith. You know, when I minister, especially when I uh, went to Maryland to do my conference last year, I had great women of God who were with me to minister with me, who were also uh, preached um, and helped with the deliverance sessions and the healing sessions that we did. And. I was talking to them in faith. I remember my my, um, my bag was delayed because my plane was delayed when I was going to Maryland. And so my bag was delayed. I got to the hotel, my bag was not there. Well, I got to the to my destination at the airport. My bag was not there. They said they were gonna get it to the hotel. I had to wait. In the morning, I went and got my bag to get dressed. My bag had the anointing oil I needed You know, of course, the power is not in anointing oil, but I needed to have my clothes and everything. You know, the things that I brought for the conference, some of it was in my bag. And God was trying to exercise my faith. Like, Bernice, you were interrupted. You had an interruption with this. You did not plan this. Actually, you know, when I was packing my stuff, the Lord was telling me, you know, I was getting like this feeling like my bag was going to get lost in some way. I just had that feeling. Um, and so, I remember one of my my uh, my leaders. She was like, "Oh, what if your bag never comes?" And I said, "No, it will come." I was like, "I was about to, kick, I was about to kick her out of the car." <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna do that. But I had to fight. I had to like fight with her in the realm of the spirit. I had to fight with her in the realm of the spirit, meaning that I had to come back to every doubt that was happening inside of her because honestly she was about to step into the next day where we were going to do deliverance on somebody and do healing because she has the gift of deliverance she has the gift of healing and that was her first time about to do it with me okay she was helping you know catching the people praying behind the people but she'd never been in that atmosphere and so i had to kill every little doubt that was inside of her by telling her, no, we're gonna. It's, it's gonna come, don't worry, it is. I know it is. And I kept telling her, nope, it's gonna come. Everything's gonna be all right, don't worry. Yep, it's going to be fine, we're gonna have everything we need in that place. My bag came exactly the time I said it was gonna come. I had to really dig down and remove the doubt so that the enemy was trying to plant inside of her. Ooh, what if Britney's bag didn't come, then that means we cannot do this and they did you know, no. Kick him out. Well, I didn't kick her out, but I kicked that little doubt out of her. And so, in this situation, when you have people around you, it might be your spouse. Your spouse might have, have might have lack of faith, or it might be one of your leaders in your ministry, or even your mentor might have lack of faith. I have had mentors who have had lack of faith. In a way, I had to, I had to, I, I had to kick them out of my. My, my their season in my life was done. I realized that because they were not seeing where God was trying to take me. And if your mentor does not see where God is trying to take you, then that means it shouldn't be a mentor because your mentor should be the first one that can rec- recognize and discern that God is trying to take you here. So you might have to kick them out. Okay, you can't kick your spouse out <laughs> for better or for worse, right? Um, you can't really kick your kids out. But you can kick that little doubt out of them by preaching the word of God to them, by by listening to them, by 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 reminding them of what God has done in the past. That is a way to kick people out. Peter was reminding himself, I believe, when he was in the book of Acts nine, when he came to Tabitha's house, you know, and he saw that the people wailing and crying and all this doubt all around him, he was kicking doubt out of his. I, I believe he was kicking doubt out of his mind by reminding himself of what he encountered with Jesus in Mark 5. Like, hey, Jesus had the same issue. This is not new to me. Let me do what Jesus did. I'm going to kick you out. So what? that's why the, that's why the Lord was, gave me the, the, the title of this message, Kick Him Out. I was like, ooh, that's so good. Kick Him Out. So friends, you can kick Him out, right? Um, this might be very sticky to say. Some churches, you might kick them out. Because, honestly, I believe that we're not supposed to stay at a church forever. There are some churches where you outgrow. If you feel like you're not being fed anymore, that means they have done their job. They have fed you. Now it's time for you to move where God is taking you to go. Or a city or a job. You might have to kick that job to the side because God has something better for you. A city, you might have to kick it out to the side a boyfriend, you might have to kick it to the side. I don't know why God is leading me to say this, but it may be a spouse. God is not in in divorce. He's not. not. I'm not celebrating divorce. No, 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 no. But sometimes God will separate a relationship that he never ordained in the first place for a better relationship that he ordained this marriage might be your ishmael my god but he already had an isaac but you didn't want to be you didn't want to be patient and wait for your isaac and you went over there to susie and you and susie made an ishmael life which might be a healthy ishmael but it's not what your heart needs it's not what your life needs it's not what is going to bring nations out of. So, whenever Ishmael is in your life, you might have to kick him out. Well, Ishmael was kind of kicked out, in a way. Hagar went to the wilderness, and encountered an angel and came back. Sometimes, oh God, thank you for the revelation. Sometimes you might have to kick them out. Well, Sarah did not kick her out. She ran. But this is a revelation. Sometimes they might have to leave and come back better. Yes. Hagar had to leave and go to the wilderness and she came back better than how she was before. Sometimes kicking them out is a good thing. Because you become better and they become better. And then when the right time comes, God will bring the two of you together. This might be for somebody who, um, maybe you were supposed to marry a, a certain person, and you guys, you guys went your separate ways. Maybe you both did your own Ishmael thing, and you found yourself in the wilderness. And maybe you are on your way back to each other. Maybe God wanted to mend this relationship and make it better because you guys are better now. You have better perspective. Hagar had a better perspective because she encountered an angel. Maybe y'all, you guys needed to encounter angels separately so that God can bring you guys together, be you know, husband and wife, for a greater purpose. Maybe you might be Ruth. And you might have to kick out your family and follow Naomi, to wherever Naomi is going, because you know that Naomi's God is greater than the gods at your house. So, you might have to kick out, kick your house away, kick your family gods away. It might be hard. It will be hard. Go into an unknown city, unknown place with somebody who's lost everything and everyone. And you feel like you have to help that person put things on your shoulder, you know, help them get food as well. And you go there and you glean. In this hot weather. And you find favor in a man's eyes. Boaz. Why? Because you kicked out the past. You kicked out your family's gods. But in the case of Naomi. Naomi had to return to her past. So these are two women here. One that has to go go forward. And one that has to go backwards. Whichever you are. You might have to go backwards because you're, you're a different person now. Yeah, Naomi said, call me uh, normal. I don't know how, I don't, I don't even want to say it. Call me uh, uh, bitter because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. I don't know the name that she called herself, but the name meant bitter. You might have to go back into your past because your past is where harvest is. She had to leave Moab to Bethlehem. Bethleh- she, she left Bethlehem where there was famine to Moab. And then famine came to Moab, and then she had to go to Bethlehem again. And that's where harvest was. Not just for her, but for somebody that she brought along with. So, what we, we learn here today is that in, when in doubt, kick them out. <laughs> When people around you have doubt, when you're not going where you're going, you got to kick them out. God is pruning. He's letting some loads down. Maybe you have somebody in your life right now. I don't know why I keep getting back to a spouse. Oh, God. Somebody in your life right now, that is a weight. And you know this was not a God-ordained friendship, job, relationship, marriage. But of course, the Bible says we are to, you know, keep our covenant with the Lord. But like I said last, last week, the devil can't create friendships, relationships, marriages. Trust me, he does. He knows how to do it perfectly because he knows that he cannot get you in other circumstances. So he has to get you in this way. Maybe your load might be the relationship that God told you not to get into to begin with. And you were like, oh, my God, it's the way that he looks at me. And it's the way that he just, he's so handsome. Or you might be a guy, you're like, oh, my gosh, she knows how to cook. And this and that. And then you disobeyed the Lord and you got into the relationship. And then you, now you are like, have a heavy burden or heavy load on you. And there's no love. There's no, just, not God is not in it. The blessings of the Lord adds no sorrow. And you have sorrow after sorrow after sorrow. God does not bless what he did not start. He's not obligated to do that. Even your mother told you not to be in that relationship. Oh my God, I don't know who I'm talking to. But you were like, no. So... Go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him, Father, what do I need to kick out? Maybe it might be a habit. Yep. It might not just be people. It might be a habit, a habit that is causing you to not walk in holiness in the spirit. To not walk in the spirit. It might be you. You are doing that habit that's causing you not to flourish and grow. Oh my. I just saw like a plant that is blooming. The flower is blooming. The flower is like pink. Right? So what is the habit? If a flower is being covered by somebody all the time, it's not going to get the sun that it needs to bloom. It's going to die. So you need to remove that uncovering. Whatever is covering you from meeting the sun, which is Jesus, you need to remove it. Is it like a type of music that you're listening to that's not cultivating your spirit what you're watching what you're wearing who you're talking to what you're eating disobedience and not waking up and praying i've been there i've been i've been i've been in a place where i was disobedient and we not waking up and praying look people think you know being a prophet a prophetic voice is easy no 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 there are times three a m you're waking up praying four a m two a m 12, twelve o'clock you're waking up praying. The Holy Spirit, are waking you up. I need you to pray. I need, I need you to read this word. Like, you get interrupted a lot. You think Jesus got interrupted going to Jairus' house? You can get interrupted. Not just with what God wants you to do. With warfare. Okay? With things. When Jesus told Peter, the devil wants to, want to uh, sift you, but I have prayed for you. He was about to encounter some warfare it's not easy you 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 have to be on guard on your post you have to be in position because the enemy is trying to find a little way to just rush in so it's not easy you have to break a lot of habits a lot you have to break a lot of habits a habit of disobedience a habits of oh lord can i just sleep a little bit for today no you gotta get up and pray no, you gotta read your board. No, you can't date that person. My like, God, but he's so fine. No, <laughs> it's a lot you have to like not do. He's fine, but he does not have faith. He's not. He, he's not. He's not the right person. He's fine, but he's not. He doesn't love you like I want the man that wants to be with you to love you. So, who do you need, who do you need to kick out? What do you need to kick out, and when do you need to kick it out? Now, <laughs> Jesus did not hesitate. Judas, I mean Judas, um, Peter did not hesitate. Ooh, some of you might have to kick out your Judases because they're playing against you. But no, Jesus did not kick out Judas. He told him, go and go and do what you go go and do what you're gonna do because he knew that what Judas was gonna do was supposed to help him get to the cross. So it was part of God's will. He already had a conversation with the Lord. If, if you know, if 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 it could be, let this cup pass me by. Some of you might have to kick kick, kick out your Judases if God show you them. Some of you might just have to tolerate your Judases because some some of you your Judases are Haman. Hmm. Remember Haman and Esther. And Mordecai, your time will come. But who do you need to kick out? The Lord is saying, kick all the doubts out. Because in this season and in the next season, you need faith. Not the faith of a mustard seed. You need more faith. You don't need people who are draining your faith, putting out your faith, putting out your fire. No, 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 no. You need people who are helping your fire get wood, helping your fire keep blazing. That's what you need. So Lord we thank you for this time of uh deliverance from people. I should play the 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 um the song people by Jonathan McReynolds. Yep, that's what I'm going to play next. <laughs> uh Father, we thank you for helping us get deliverance from weights of people, weights of things, of social things, habits, thoughts character places things that we've just not kicked out that is eating up our faith but you came today lord to tell us do not be afraid only believe you came today to tell us little girl i say to you arise you came today to tell us daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction you came today father to tell us to touch the hem of your garment, you came today to tell us to continue to continue to continue to seek you to trouble you. You came today to tell us to continue to trouble you, even when we see that thing is dead, but it's not dead because you say why make this commotion and and weep the child is not dead but sleeping you came today to tell us a lot of things whichever one that we need to believe and have faith in and exercise our faith and help us help us holy spirit help us jesus to increase our faith increase our faith jesus right now cuz you walked in faith you did not let these Doubt, doubtful people to stop your faith. He did not let them do that. So help us, teach us. Just as Peter is watching you in this moment, that later on he's about to do what you did. Help us to let. Help us to learn what it is that we need to learn from this passage, so that we can also implement it in our now immediately season, or in the future when we need it the most. Help us to learn as Peter learned God, and implemented it in um, Act Nine. We love you, Jesus, for your examples. We love you for your heart, for your, your peace. We love you for your understanding of us. Because you lived the life that we lived. So you understand us. We love you for praying for us. We love you for being there for us. We love you for you, Jesus. And so we thank you. I just pray, God, over everyone that is listening, whatever issue they need to kick out, whatever thing they need to kick out, help them. Reveal to them, Holy Spirit. Show it to them. This life, this season, whatever it is they need to accept into their lives, help them to accept it. Help them to say yes, even when they don't understand. Help them to have the boldness to touch your hand. Help them to have the boldness to come to you. Help them to have faith. Help them to be the Peter, the James, and the John that you are able to allow to follow you. Help them, Lord. Help us, including myself. So we love you, and we bless your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus. Let this word fall in good soil. Let us implement it in our lives. We do pray. Amen.
1: The best and the worst you've created Loving and hating and opinionated Donors and basements and those congregated Deliver me Far from the peaceful shore I was sinking Deep in the ocean of thoughts they were thinking don't know what validation I'm seeking deliver me from people, people When you said you could heal me from anything did you mean people? People deliver I can't point them out I won't say their names I don't know the damage Or which one to blame It's just people People Deliver And I smiled in the morning He took the last bit of joy out of the story That's too much power for anything i